You're listening to the Get Out and Drive podcast with John Custom Car Nerd Meyer and Jason Old Car Guy Car. We'll be bringing you gearheads everything you never wanted to know about cars and why they should be on the road and not in your garage. Are you ready to get out and drive? Get those cars on the road October 2nd, 2022 to celebrate National Get Out and Drive Day. Visit nationalgetoutanddriveday.com for more info. We know it's only April, but we're already gearing up for National Get Out and Drive Day this October 2nd, 2022. And to make National Get Out and Drive Day even better this year, we've got the Atlantic Nationals Extravaganza in Moncton, New Brunswick jumping on board as an ambassador to help us get out and drive. And if you would like to be a National Get Out and Drive Day ambassador as well, just head over to nationalgetoutanddriveday.com and apply now. Welcome back to another action-packed episode of the Get Out and Drive podcast. My name is Jason Carr. I am John Custom Carnard Meyer. Jason, you uh, I know this is your first big major interview with us. And, and something we're not just wrapping back and forth with each other. And we always talk about things in the automotive industry. And one of the biggest things we find is happening is I'm getting older. I know you're getting older, Jason. You've been working on cars for a long time. I've been doing it for about 30 years. And I look around and I notice very quickly, not a whole lot of new blood coming in. What do you, what, what, what do you see? I'm seeing a lot of the same thing on my end as a uh, service business owner, used car dealership, we see a lot of uh, comings and goings. Mm-hmm. And when it comes time to replace the aging mechanics, there's fewer and fewer options for us. And I'm sure it's the same way with just about every industry in the automotive world. Uh, very much so. And I see it in auto restoration as well as uh, a lot having to do with collision repair because collision repair has gotten a lot more electronic, computerized-centric, if that's even a word. That's one of the reasons we've got Brandon Eckenrod today on our show. And Brandon can explain to us about the Collision Repair Education Foundation. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you for having me. Honored to be uh, Jason's first guest. <laughs> well, I hope that we can get through this without too many uh, mistakes or mispronunciations or bad words or anything like that. But nevertheless, <laughs> we're going to kind of just jump right into it, Brandon. And uh, tell us a little bit about what exactly you do for the industry. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you uh, to the group for, for allowing me to be on just to help kind of explain uh, what we do. But the, the Collision Repair Education Foundation, or CREF, just because it's a pretty long name. Um, (laughs) We are the Collision Industries National 501c3 charity that works to support all high school and college collision repair or auto body repair school programs, students and instructors around the country. So this is everything from your high school shop class, a community college, technical college, um, the the technical schools like, you know, Lincoln Tech, WyoTech, they are under our umbrella of support. Uh, we've been around since 1991, and we were actually coincidentally formed even back in 1991 by the industry to help address the aging workforce issue um, that the industry was facing even back then. Um, but this is across all 50 states. But the, the real quickly, the three areas that we focus on when helping these programs around the country are one, attracting students, two, supporting them. And then three, helping to connect these students with industry employers, not just locally, but showcasing that this is a nationwide need and also the many different career paths that are available to these students within this industry. 
I saw even even back then in in the eighties era that schools were starting to wean off of the tech programs, and everybody then not to get crazy political, but everybody was pushing college, 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 college. You got to be in the computer uh, sector and you have to be doing this and you have to be doing that. And no one seemed to address the fact that everybody wants to be in the corner office, but who's going to build the corner office? Who's going to repair your car to get there? Who's going to do the electrical wiring and things? And, And as we've seen over the past 35 years or more, the trades have really been sloughed off crazy to the side. And I hate seeing that happen. Obviously, now with social media and things and and a lot of key people pushing the trades, I see that ramping back up. Uh, I see more people with the mindset that says, hey, maybe getting your fingernails dirty and actually getting your hands dirty building something is 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 not a bad thing. And I say we collectively as as repair industry or tradesmen altogether we're not seen as grease monkeys and and goofballs building houses and smashing your thumb you're seen as as important people with a technological skill is is that what you push is that the direction you're you're headed to teach the the normal person about what you do it is and and what we try to say is we try to influence the influencers when it comes to these students and them having to decide their you know their career path. Um, We've heard some instances where these students are told to pick your career path in junior high, and that's the direction they go down. And I don't know about you, (laughs) but you know, what did we know in junior high about what we wanted to be? So it's a matter of if they're going to be told that it's a matter and it's on us, whether it's our industry or other technical trades who are facing this dilemma. So we're not alone. Obviously, it's like you said, it's all the other technical trades is making sure that accurate information is provided as opposed to the perceptions that might have been out there where it's the the dark dingy you know body shop class where like the the grease you know movie kind of portrayal so it's a matter of and the opportunity is with as you know these cars are getting more and more complex it takes a highly skilled trained professional whether you're fixing an engine or you're repairing a car that's made out of carbon fiber or aluminum and things like that so it's an opportunity for us. And while I am a little bit biased towards our industry being collision repair, we're essentially in a, what I like to call a trade war in terms of we're trying to get the best to come and work on our cars. And where I think it's going to become even more apparent to the public is the pain points they're going to feel where we're not too far off because of the average age of where it's at, that when you get into an accident, you might not get your vehicle back for months because there's not enough people to fix it. So it's a matter of not only attracting people, making the awareness piece, but also supporting the schools because these instructors who are seen as second-class citizens in terms of programs, as opposed to the math class, or you're going to go to college, it's a matter of making sure that they have the support that they need to properly train the students. So tools, equipment, supplies, but that's where we come in as the neutral body. Again, we're a 501c3 charity, but we working with our industry partners help support these programs that are in such desperate need. Brandon, I want to go back just for a second to what you had mentioned uh, at the beginning there about influencing the influencers. There's, there's this kind of a two part. The one thing that we got to keep in mind is that if there's no new young blood coming up through the industry, no matter what it is, whether it's collision, automotive repair, tech, whatever it happens to be, then the influencers, they've got no one to sell their tools to. So that's going to affect that industry. Talk about, uh, what some of these influencers are doing to help 
Uh, can you talk a little bit about where that uh, comes into play with uh, what are these influencers doing to help you and to help the charity move forward? Sure. So what we've kind of ventured into, so in addition to the, you know, supporting the programs, which we're very known, we're well known for helping provide support for schools. But when it comes to getting out in front of the public, um, it's a new space for us. But I'm of the mentality, don't just complain about it, actually do something. So through our friends, so two exciting projects that are coming up that are specifically around this, this topic is um, through our very generous friends at General Motors. They provided us a grant um, here recently, which is going to make the Collision Repair Education Foundation or you know, the industry, the one of the top sponsors at the American School Counselor Association Conference that's coming up in July in Austin, Texas. So the American School Counselor Association, they are the entity for kindergarten through high school school counselors around the country. So we are going to be, when thousands upon thousands of them gather in Austin this July, we will be there to help educate them because they're having constant interaction. And again, this is not just at the high school level. This is even at that early age. There's things that we can do to showcase the industry in our own unique way at the kindergarten, the elementary school. So we've heard from that association that um, they understand the fact that they need to start embracing the technical trades and maybe not looking at it as just the, you're a bad kid. You go down to shop class and get out of my hair until they graduate. <laughs> By the way, you know, that same bad kid is the same bad kid that's going to be repairing your family's car after an accident that probably has little to no student debt that has more job opportunities than they can count compared to the four-year college push that they push on everybody. Student debt is a mountain and they have to go work at Starbucks or wherever because there's no job prospects. So it's changing the mindset and we're going to be able to do that starting off in this July and it's not going to be a flip the switch. Everything is great and you know we're, we, we're the best friends with the counselors. It's going to take some time. But as opposed to just complaining about them being the gatekeepers, let's it's going to be a let's start doing stuff together with them because they have such limited time with their students. They're asking, point us in a place so that they can go learn more. Don't expect the counselor to know everything about the industry, all the different career paths. Let's point them to a place where they can get every information that they need. So that's one project that we're very excited about. The second one, which I think is going to be a game changer for this industry, um, through our very generous friends, and you can tell the support and projects that we do, they're made possible by our industry partners, which is so important to, I, I will not say that enough because they're the ones that make the magic happen when it comes to the support we're providing. But um, I'm usually the one coming up with crazy ideas, but BASF Paint Company and then KTL Restorations, who is based out on the East Coast, uh, similar to like a Chip Foos, similar to like a Ring Brothers, who you guys might be familiar with. We, are, we announced at SEMA 2021 that we are doing a 69 Camaro rebuild project where over the next two years, we didn't want to commit to SEMA 2022 because the part shortage, everything's shortage. So we didn't want to fast track this too much. Um, but a, a 69 Camaro is going to be rebuilt. We have tons of industry partners coming on board. They're donating the engine. They're donating the wheels. They're donating other pieces of it. So there will be a raffle done at SEMA 2023. We anticipate it raising several hundred thousand dollars, whether it's through sponsorship and raffle tickets, which is great. But what this will specifically fund, and this is the key part, it will fund a national PSA campaign about this industry. So it's not too far off where you're going to see commercials on TV, radio, online, showcasing the industry in a lot better light to say they're complex vehicles. We need you know, more youth in it. You know, the average age in our industry, which is not too different than any other technical trade is getting close to 60 years old. So it's going to be promoting this to the general public so that they start to understand that this is a, a career path for their student when they might be deciding what that path is going to be. Well, one of the things that I think that we, you know, moving forward too, we talked about a little bit earlier is you know, how soon 
people, guys like us, gals, decide what they want to do for the rest of their life. And in some cases, when I was in school, it was it was back in junior high school, middle school, when they started saying, you know, you need to start thinking about what you want to do. And I mean, I always like to think of myself as a bright kid, but, you know, you, you, you're influenced by your friends. You do some certain things. And sometimes I was the guy that got sent down to the shop class because there was no other place for me. And I think that as we move forward and, and uh, you know, I've got a young fella, he's in his early 20s and he still doesn't know what he wants to do for a living. But moving forward, if they'd had something like this in place when he was in high school, then that might have helped curb that direction. And I think looking back to when I was in high school, back in like Johnston, I'm not going to give away my age, back in the early 90s, uh, I think some of the things that we wish that we had were just this. Now, of course, your program back then was just kind of ramping up, uh, but I'm in Canada and you know we see uh, the very same thing happening here. Some of the local body shops, um, they're, getting, they're going through staff like crazy because people get into the industry. They want to learn on the job a little bit. Once they realize it's what they've got, they weren't set up for the actual reality of what doing that type of work is going to do. How is it that your program is going to prepare these folks for reality? Like you said, you know, they're going to come out debt free or, or, you know, not as much debt as say somebody who went to four years or six years of university. How do you set these folks up uh, for the reality of working and living after the fact, after the chorus is gone, you help, do you help get them into some jobs and stuff like that? We do. So the, uh, that one third area that I mentioned that we focus on is the employment piece. So because we're so well-connected with the schools and we're well-connected with the industry because there are supporters um, and to give this industry credit, which I don't believe I mentioned before, uh, was that since 2009, we have raised over $500 million worth of stuff for these schools. Wow. So that's tools, equipment, supplies, vehicles, consumables, monetary donations, provide scholarships, uh, which is also important to note for me to get in real quick. Um, as a responsible charity, we return 90 cents of every dollar going back to the schools. So that's always important to note. But to your point, the, the key thing I think will be is to showcase uh, what the different career paths are. You don't have to work on cars and be in this industry. I, guilty, I was an English and journalism major in school, but I've been in this industry for 20 years and you do not want me repairing a vehicle because that's the piece <laughs> I don't know when it comes to a technical piece of it. But my part in the industry is to support those that do work on the cars. But I think showing to these parents that if you don't want to, or into the younger students as well, if you don't want to work on cars, you know, physically working on cars the rest of your life, you don't have to. There's many opportunities in the sales department, PR. I mean, multi-million slash billion dollar companies make up this industry. When I say the collision industry, that is every industry involved. So it's insurance companies, paint companies, vehicle manufacturers, tool equipment. There's lots of career paths. So we want to make sure it's shown as a viable option for the students. And then to your point, Jason, when you were deciding, um, I'll share that, you know, I was a big X-Files guy. So I initially went to school for law enforcement, think I was going to be the next Fox Mulder, but my path <laughs> took me down, um, you know, eventually ending up in the collision industry just outside of college. I was doing some construction work to pay back some student loans. I did, uh, I started off on the marketing communication side in the industry, but I've been in it since 2002. So it's a matter of just showcasing, um, and there's unique ways we can educate even the kindergarten and the elementary students on, you know, painting vehicles. But when these parents and others realize that the people that paint our cars or even work on our cars easily make six figures. And it's, it's, that's, that's a blink of an eye for some of these people because the need is out there. They don't have enough people. So those that want to go into that field, 
it's a well, you know, people are buying their houses in the early 20s, they're buying their cars, as opposed to what we see a lot, you know, you're having to live in your parents' basement. And when we hear about that at some of these career fair events that we're doing on auto show floors, we're doing them in, you know, at schools, but I literally see parents pushing their kids into the career fair area saying, get out of my basement, get a job. These people want to hire you, go talk to them and find a future. So we're trying to be proactive in showcasing these opportunities at that earlier age. Let's back up there just for one quick second. Six figures for painting cars for a living. Like we, we, we need to talk about that a little bit more. There's people who go to school to become doctors, dentists, veterinarians, lawyers, whatever you want to talk. And I mean, sure, they're making big money. But guys, look at the bang for buck. Look at your return on investment. You can go do a job that is so rewarding that you can come home at the end of the day, leave your work there and still live a very comfortable life at young age. Like you said, you know, they're in their early twenties they're buying homes or buying, you know, their, their whatever favorite car they wanted or they're hobbying uh, into rebuilding their own car, whatever it happens to be six figure salaries. What we have to make sure to tell the students, that's the potential. You're not going to start off making a million dollars because some of these students are like, I'm going to make a million dollars as soon as I get out of school and I'm sure, own a body sure. shop. So, it, but it's showing them the career path, which is another thing that, you know, is on the industry to show here's where you're going to start off. Yes, you might be able, you might make more at, again, you might make more at Starbucks, but in the five-year term, just for example's sake, you can grow and exponentially expand, you know, whether it's a position, but then also salary to where that's the, there's an opportunity there, but you have to earn it. It's not going to be given to you. You have to, you know, keep up with training, keep up, show up for work, which apparently is a big deal for some people that they don't even show up or stay up your cell phone crazy concept, but you have to, the opportunity is there if they're willing to work towards it. Very much so. I, I see that quite a lot. And I had a, a, a my personal experience and I touched on this on a, on a previous episode. Uh, I took my nephew who was just getting out of high school, took him to a college career fair at a local high school, went in there and I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. I said, what would you like to do? He's talked about working on cars, talked about doing construction, all sorts of things, everything except for going to quote unquote, uh, traditional college type things, um, and non-trades. And I said, okay, great. And we learned that there was going to be a, uh, a person from the local uh, union that was there for construction. And I said, all right, cool. Well, maybe we can talk to some of the union people and this person's going to be there and that person. And I went in and immediately was looked at as a second class citizen. And they said, all right, everybody who wants to go to college, everybody go down this hall. And we were the only two people standing in the middle of this room. And they said, oh, well, what are you guys doing? Well, we're meeting with the local tradesmen, uh, you know, and, and, and the officer that's going to talk to us about what to do with uh, building, doing construction and things. And she goes, oh, well, that's down that hall down there. And they took off. And we were like, we had no idea what was happening. They didn't help us. Nothing happened. This seems to be the mindset. And I was even more sad when I went into the room and I was sitting down and we were the only two people in there, myself and my, my nephew, and he's ready to work and he's ready to do everything. And the representative from the local uh, union, he came in and he goes, he's looking around and there's crickets. He said, I guess you two are the only one here. Oh, okay. And he, he did his presentation and everything. And then in the middle, two people came in late. And it was another father and, and his son that was trying to get him into a trade and get him working immediately and not go to traditional college. And after that little presentation, 
I spoke for almost an hour, quote unquote, off record out in the parking lot to this man about exactly what we're talking about today. And he said how sad he is about the situation. And he sees less and less and less and less and less people getting into the trades, how, how schools are still pushing for traditional college. And I don't know how or why uh, there has to be a reason. Do you know the reason, Brandon? I, I don't, but if, if anything, um, I believe again, me being slightly biased, but I believe the foundation CREF will cha- will help start change that mindset because of things that we're going to do, like I talked about and or others, um, other initiatives that we have um, to where I think it's, it's an opportunity. Again, me trying to be eternally optimistic to where, yes, that is the current situation. I, I specifically asked in a recent interview that I did with the American School Counselor President, you know, we've heard that, you know, counselor get compensated on the number of students they send to four-year college and the answer i got from them was that's not the case um so that that was positivity here but at the same time you would think if the counselors maybe better understood because they probably are seeing what we're all seeing that there's not a lot of job opportunities that the fact that the students that they're pushing that direction are end up being in a terrible financial situation with that student debt that if we can better educate and show what the real information is Hopefully, and again, it's not going to happen overnight, but that will change the mindset for them to better understand and accept the technical trades, whichever one it is. Obviously, we're specific to collision, but what those opportunities are um, to hopefully start changing the turn or, you know, changing the tide when it comes to um, what their acceptance is, but then also just providing the option. Not everyone's, you know, born to go to college. Maybe not everyone's great for a technical program, but at least better understand what the opportunities are so that they have that accurate information as opposed to what the stigmas are that we're trying to change and make these programs look more professional. I mean, I could talk for hours when it comes to what we try to do. We're a full-time staff of four. So we have an incredibly lean, but incredible team. And a quick shout out to Amber, Melissa, Tiffany on the foundation team with myself. But it's it's a national problem with a local solution. And I'm tired of people complaining about it. It's time for action. So if you're interested, even if you're just a car enthusiast, you love vehicles, you think Chop Clash could be brought back, there's opportunities to help your local schools through us, make them look like professional learning environments. We work with our friends at Cintas, where you give a student a brand new uniform. And if you go to our website and see what these students look like compared to being in street clothes, Instructors have told us that the five of the 500 plus million that we've given out, the uniforms of all things have changed the mindset of the students because they act and look, feel like a professional in the industry. Brand new coat of paint on the floors, a fresh coat of paint on the walls, make it look like an inviting place so that if younger students are being brought in on tours, it actually looks like a place they want to go as opposed to, and I say this all the time, but it looks like you think you need a tetanus shot when you leave because the program's so dirty and dingy that you, oh, I would ever want to send my kid to a place like that. And it's no fault to the instructor. They're working with such limited program budgets. It's how we as a foundation can get the industry to invest to make it look like a you know, professional learning environment so that they see a better quality being attracted and then hopefully graduated from their programs. And I think that boils right down to a little bit of creating uh, an educational environment that parents are going to want to send their kids to, um, whether the kids are 100% on board or they're at that tipping point to say, oh, you know, I just don't feel like going to work in a dark, dingy shop or whatever like that. And having that experience, the uniforms, the, the clean environment. When John was talking, I, I, made a, I, I wanted to make a note to write down that. Uh, the sooner the world realizes, and I want everyone to hear me out, 
the sooner the world realizes just how much our industry, our world, no matter what you're doing, needs the trades, the better off everybody will be. Yes, you might be wealthy, rich. You might have a McMansion somewhere in California. But guess what? There's a guy that needs to know how to fix your tractor. There's a guy that needs to know how to paint your house. There's a guy that needs to know how to upkeep your automotive collection. Somewhere along the line, these trades are what's going to drive our community, our countries, our everything. We've got to do this. We've got to encourage people to, you know, let kids make up their mind for themselves for sure, but at least show them the opportunities that are out there. Absolutely. And I think, again, a little, little bit of a bias, but I think that we can have an impact on future job reports because of the amount of positions that are available and the amount that we can get filled because of what situation we're in. So when it comes to, you know, that, that person in the industry might have their own McMansion down the street because they're making such a great living with little to no student debt that they might have that house on the street, but the consumers are going to have a very quick awakening when it comes to, oh, you want your sink fixed? That's going to be two months from now. You want your car fixed? Well, you're going to be in a rental car if there's one available for the next three years or not three years, but you know, a long time because of how long these vehicles are, are, are taken. So yes, I wholeheartedly agree. But again, that's, this is an opportunity for us to now change the tide in terms of, yes, we know what the past has happened. What are we going to do moving forward? We, we always try and promote what drives youth. And, and I'm glad to see that's exactly along the same track as, as, as what you were doing. Um, and I know currently you said you're going to be uh, stopping in St. Louis for a, uh, for a conference. And, and hopefully we can meet up, hang out for a little bit. Uh, that will be great. Where do you see um, the Collision Repair Education Foundation? Where do you see that going in the future? What Do you have any future plans or anything that you can talk about? Absolutely. Well, we're going to continue the the support, the school initiatives. I think with the summer quickly approaching, um, what we plan to do is it's an opportune time to go in and do those kind of school upgrades, so to speak, because the schools or the students are away for the summer. So when we have to go in and do those brand new epoxy floors, uh, fresh coat of paint on the walls, whatever we can do, that's the opportune time. So that's going to happen here soon. Um, us coming out of you know, the pandemic. Um, it's nice that these in-person events are happening again, which allows us to do our career fair events. Two weeks ago, I was on the Oklahoma City auto show floor. We held a career fair. Every student that comes to our events um, is provided one of those blue Cintas traditional, you know, short sleeve technician shirts. And it is always fun to see on an auto show floor, especially because it's the general public there is, is like, it's our own little blue army of students that walk in and basically just take over the event. When you have 400, 500 at the Oklahoma City event that we did pre-pandemic, we had a thousand students. So you imagine that visual, uh, that helps because we don't have a multi-million, billion dollar advertising budget. So that's our advertisement and those types of opportunities. So I think you're gonna see um, a ramp up of our in-person events. We try to hold these career fair events in the top 20 to 25 markets in the country. Um, but I think you'll also start to see the um, these unique projects, like I mentioned, the counselor event, which is happening this, uh, this July, but then the other, the, the rebuild, um, we're going to be showcasing the build as it happens. Because when I was in New Jersey, literally just yesterday, I was standing in front of the actual frame of the vehicle. So that's where it's starting. And now over the next couple of months into 2023 at SEMA, 
Um, I think there's unique things like that. And we're just trying to help get the word out and you allowing me on to help spread the word about what we do and opportunities for people to get involved because they're passionate about this topic. Um, that is extremely helpful. So I, I, I thank you for that. Um, but I think at least in my thinking and living outside the box idea, there's no reason why we can't start partnering with different types of whether it's an individual. I mentioned to you guys before we started recording that um, during the pandemic, we were in a very unique position because of, you know, trying to be understanding what people were going through, which is keeping their businesses open. But our friends at Strudel Konai, who is a commercial lift company, their equipment is in Jay Leno's garage. And when the pandemic happened, I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, I know he's obviously passionate about vehicles. That's obvious. I know he's passionate about students. Would you be willing to ask Jay, could he donate a tour of his garage as a fundraiser for us? It took a little less than 24 hours where they came back and said, absolutely, he's on board. So we auctioned that off and it was a, a Denver body shop owner who ended up winning that tour. And I know you guys are going to feel bad for me, but last year, right before Thanksgiving, I had to go to Jay Leno's garage, sat down with Jay, got a tour of his garage, all his vehicles. So that was a rough part of the job. But Terrible. I think there's a lot of other automotive enthusiasts out there, whether it's movies, I'm sure you guys will laugh, but there's obviously like, I think Fast and Furious 20 or whatever they're coming out at. And, you know, those types of movies and opportunities are coming out where if we can partner with them, again, just to help get the word out, I think there's things like that, that I think we need to start do to address what we're talking about of changing the mindset in the, uh, in the, in the country. So Brandon, if there's anybody out there that's listening to our podcast right now, because we know that we're, we're heard all over the place. What's the one piece of advice that you would give these people if they wanted to reach out and help you? How can they do that? What's, what can they do to help the program? So if they go to collisioneducation.org, O-R-G, you'll, you'll learn more about us, but also reach out to us because what I would love nothing more, even if you're not in the collision industry, maybe you're in the automotive industry, or you're just an automotive enthusiast and you want to get involved, there's opportunities where you can help your local schools. Again, there's about a thousand schools, high school and college total around the country that they need your help, meaning they need to, whether it's you volunteering, whether it's your company, you could sponsor uniforms. So whether it's, you know, Jason's Body Shop in Chicago, Illinois, you could sponsor uniforms for the students in your backyard where your logo is on the uniform. These instructors have to beg the students to wash their uniforms because they love wearing them so much. Um, but there's opportunities to get involved. And then the key piece that we tell the industry, which is not too different from telling other companies or people as well, is getting in front of the students and instructors great, but you have to get in front of the decision makers, meaning the administration. Make sure the administration sees the line of businesses out the door that are waiting for these students because that's what helps keep these programs around. Now, more than ever, like I mentioned, I think before, these ad administrators or school districts, they're keeping a close eye on budgets. A body shop program, collision repair program is not the least expensive program to run, but a lot of these programs could be graduating 10 to 20 to 30 times the amount of students that they currently are, and it would not fulfill the need that's in that market. So as opposed to these programs closing, which we're hearing a lot of them are, we are hearing of people that are actually getting it and they're opening up brand new multi-million dollar transportation educational facilities. So we're putting a spotlight on that to showcase, hey, people are actually investing in these students. So let's celebrate that as opposed to constantly saying this program's closing, that program's closing, this teacher is getting threatened with closing if they don't get more butts in the seats. So there's things like that that they can do with us that you could be in the industry or not that we can help get you connected and or participate, buy a raffle ticket for that 69 Camaro rebuild. You know, there's opportunities to support our efforts that will then help the future of those students that are learning how to repair the cars that we're seeing on the road. 
that's what drives me. <laughs> well, that is fantastic. And we'll certainly put, for everyone's listening, we'll put all the pertinent information, how to get hold of uh, Brandon and the Collision Repair Education Foundation. We'll put all that stuff in the notes. They can have it. We'll have clickable links and, and everything uh, on all of our social media and uh, great ways, easy ways for people to find you. Perfect. I, I, I cannot thank you enough as it's again, these types of opportunities of just getting the word out. Um, there's people that are one, not aware of the industry or two, they're not aware of what we're doing. Um, so I, I, I thank you for, for allowing me to come on and at least explain kind of what we're trying to do. And hopefully they'll, uh, they'll join us in that effort. And this might be a great opportunity to say to any of the employers that are out there who are looking for uh, employees, skilled, uh, skilled people right out of this program, uh, you might want to head over to racingjunk.com. That might be a great place to go looking for the right place for the right person at the right time. They help us. Let us help you. Well, fantastic. Had a great time speaking with you, Brandon. And uh, man, I, I, I learned a lot. That's fantastic what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on and appreciate it. Look forward to meeting you here shortly in St. Louis. Appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. You know, Jason, we sure get to talk a lot. Yes, and some of us more than others. Who, me? I'm not pointing any fingers. Yes, you are. But we want to hear from our listeners. Just go to our website, getoutanddrive.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the listener hotline button. We want to hear from you. Cool stories, breakdown stories. Questions, comments. Hate mail. Even hate mail? Even hate mail. You got a car show in your area? Let us know. Tell us an interesting story. Let us know what you like to get out and drive. You know, Jason, I know you're new to the Get Out and Drive podcast. Don't you have something else on YouTube like every Thursday? Yeah, we have a podcast style live stream that happens on YouTube called the Car Guy and Six Fan Show. It's myself and Grant Tommy, who goes by Straight Six Fan on YouTube. And we talk a lot about cars, only it's live. If you're not getting enough on the Get Out and Drive podcast, you can head over to the Car Guy and Six Fan Show every Thursday evening at 7 o'clock Central. It's a collaborative effort between myself and Straight Six Fan, so it alternates from my YouTube channel to his every Thursday night. I've been there. It's cool. That's where all the cool guys hang out. It sure is, and we look forward to seeing you again. Are you looking for more action-packed car content? Head over to YouTube for the Car Guy and Six Fan Show on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Find a link in the show notes and let them know you heard about it from the Get Out and Drive podcast. Speed over to our friends at RacingJunk.com and sign up for a Pro Club membership. Use the code GETOUT to receive a discount when you sign up for a Pro Club membership. Cruise on over to our website, getoutanddrive.com, for all the info you never wanted to know about our podcast. Hit us up on our listener hotline, be the first to know what's happening, get industry news, and grab your Get Out and Drive merch. Connect with us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us on Twitter at Get Out and Drive Pod. What drives you? 